following audio is from St Nick's Durham. As a church, we exist to love God, love people, and love Durham. We hope that this sermon will serve you well as a supplement to your regular Bible reading, prayer, and participation in your local church. For more information about St Nick's, directions, or resources, please visit stnicks.org.uk. It's precisely five months today since the death of George Floyd. Many of you uh, will be familiar with and have read of the events of May the 25th. Derek Chauvin, a Minneapolis police officer, was captured on video kneeling on the neck of George Floyd as Mr. Floyd begged for his life. I can't breathe, man, Floyd can be heard saying in the film. Please, let me stand. Please, man. Mr. Chauvin kept his knee on Mr. Floyd's neck for 8 minutes and 46 seconds. He did not remove his knee, even after Mr. Floyd lost consciousness and kept it in place for a full minute after paramedics arrived on the scene. All of this took place in broad daylight, with people telling the police to get off the man, to let him stand, to let him breathe. A subsequent autopsy found that George Floyd died as a result of, asphy of asphyxia. What took place that day, six months ago, was a modern-day lynching, where a man lost his life for being black. The reverberation of the events in Minneapolis that day had been felt far and wide, not just in America, but also here. Marches and protests have taken place across cities in Britain as well as the United States. And then there was the wider impact. My own emotional response to the death of George Floyd took me completely by surprise. All of those incidents of racist abuse, indignity and humiliation that I had encountered across the years and had stowed away all came flooding back together in a bewilderment of anger, tears and frustration at how little things have changed. As far as I'm aware, today is the first day as a church here, as St Nick's, that we have marked Black History Month. And I hope it will not be the last. As I said in my sermon earlier in June of this year, the church more widely has an opportunity and a call to be a community of hope where we are at the forefront of movements of social justice, including that of racial justice. Black History Month marks a time to expand those moments of sorrow and alongside them to celebrate the contribution of black women and men 
to our common life together on this island. Here in the UK, the focus of Black History Month has expanded in its coverage to include the history of African, Asian and Caribbean people and their contribution to Britain's own island story. Earlier this week, I had the privilege of preaching at a communion service at St. John's College and Cranmer Hall, marking Black History Month. And it's a wonderful symbol of our mutuality with Cranmer and St. John's that we're able to invite Tereiro to preach with us this morning. David is going to come and read to us from our psalm and our gospel this morning. Our first reading is from Psalm 90, verses 1 to 6. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn men back to dust, saying, Return to dust, O sons of men. For a thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by, or like a watch in the night. You sweep men away in the sleep of death. They are like the new grass of the morning, although in the morning it springs up new. By evening it is dry and withered. And our gospel reading for today is Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 to the end. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? The son of David, they replied. He said to them, How is it then that David, speaking by the Spirit, calls him Lord? For he says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If then David calls him Lord, how can he be his son? No one could say a word in reply, and from that day on, no one dared to ask him any more questions. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. May I speak in the name of God the Father, who loved the world so much that he gave his only son, the son who died for our sins on the cross, and the Holy Spirit our Comforter, who dwells and intercedes for us. Amen. As a young black woman who comes from a country that was a British colony, I find myself training for ministry in the UK, preaching to you for the first time on a Sunday when we are celebrating 
Black History Month. And it fills me with so much joy because our readings today focusing mainly um, on Matthew, nothing wrong with the Psalms. Um, he's talking about love. We're being told about love. I have to say the way I come from, Black History Month is not something that we have or something that we talk about. This was something I was introduced to when I came to the UK. So for those who do not know, here in the UK, it started in 1987 as a way to remember the important people, the events and the contributions that come from black, like Aaron said, um, which now includes the Asian ethnic minority groups. But going back to our reading today, in this chapter of Matthew, we are seeing the Pharisees and the, and the Sadducees looking for ways in which they can trap Jesus. And Jesus instead is using wisdom to respond to them. So in our message from verse 34, we find that the Pharisees hear that the Sadducees have been silenced. And I can just see the Pharisees getting together thinking, no, 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 we cannot be beaten by this single man. No, it cannot. Surely there is many of us, we've got so much wisdom, we've got so much knowledge, we can beat him. And so they gather together, and one of them, who knows, goes to Jesus and asks him a question to say, which is the greatest commandment? Jesus in turn says to him, and I paraphrase, love God with all of you. And then he adds, there is a second like it, which is love your neighbor as yourself. Notice, that they went to him asking for one commandment and Jesus in turn gives them two. It says, and the second. And I love that it all hangs on love. Love for God and love for the other. My brothers and sisters, we cannot claim to love God and not love our neighbors and think that it is okay and think that it is enough. We cannot claim to love our neighbor and see our brother and sister suffering and walk away and think that it is okay. We cannot claim to love God and see the unjust structures and systems in the world we live in, in the church that we call our own, turn a blind eye and think it is okay. Love cannot be a thing, a word that we throw around without any action to go with it. And we stop and think it has been fulfilled. So as a church, as we join in with these celebrations, the gospel today is coming to challenges to show us the way of love. But what is love? Who is my neighbor? And what does loving my neighbor look like, especially in this month of October when we are celebrating Black History Month? For our church today, as we celebrate on this Sunday, Black History Month, 
especially also looking at what has been happening in the past five months, as Aaron mentioned, when we've seen protests and campaigns about the Black Lives Matter. If we go into the English dictionary, love is defined as a strong affection, an attraction, and even a concern. Thus, it is mainly focused on our feelings, nearly always used as a noun. But however, this verse, in this verse, it is a verb. Thus, it is to do with action. If we go into Greek, we find different words for love. We've got stoje, which is about a familial bond. We've got eros, which is romantic love. We've got filio, that is brotherly love. One like we see in the relationship that was there between Jonathan and David. And then finally, we have agape, a love that exists regardless of circumstances, one that is limitless, and it is agape that Jesus is using in the greatest commandment. The love that we are being told of today is not just a feeling, it is not passive in nature, but a love that is active. If we look to God, whom we say God is love, we see that his love is active. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. God is asking us to be active, to choose to love him, but also to love our neighbor. If we go into the gospel according to Luke in chapter 10, where we hear of these two commandments, we hear the story of the Good Samaritan. And we all know the story of the Good Samaritan, how he saw a man who had been beaten and was left half dead, how the priest and the Levite passed him by, and how he, when he came to him, felt pity for him, took care of him, went and paid for his care. When the Samaritan man saw the injured man, he did not stop to question whether it is lawful. I want to believe he stopped and thought, is this good? Is this God? Is this love? I'm sure we are all aware of the Black Lives Matter campaign that took place. And I believe that today the commandments are coming to challenge us to look, to examine, to reflect and ask ourselves the questions of, by doing this, by choosing this, by advocating for this, are we loving God and are we loving our neighbor? Many a time the culture of ticking a box to say we have been inclusive has become what is common. Maybe we have found ourselves in those same roles as the Sadducees and the Pharisees, trying to find a way to make things look right without actually making them be right. Maybe we found ourselves in those positions where we are scared to challenge the system, where we are scared to actually say, you know what, this is not it. But the gospel today is coming to say we have to 
because by so doing, we are choosing to love God. We are choosing to love our neighbors. Because you see, my brothers and sisters, when we choose the way of love, everything that we do will be guided by love. We will not have to stop and think. It will be a thing that comes naturally out of love. Sometimes we find ourselves in positions where we are seeing these injustices from the outside. And through love, with love, we are being asked to challenge them and speak up, to shed a light and remove the blinders. In our marks of mission, we say that we are called to speak for the voiceless, to transform unjust structures of society, challenge every kind of violence, pursue peace and reconciliation, and to respond to human need by loving service. So if it were us, if it was you, what would you want? Would you want the same systems, the same things that are causing others to feel marginalized, that are making others to feel like they are on the outside looking in? Or would you want also to be inside, to be included, to be part of the family? Loving your neighbor. And when we do well, we want our efforts, our achievements to be acknowledged, to be celebrated. Loving others as ourselves requires us to acknowledge those things, to acknowledge the contributions of those who might not look like us, sound like us, or come from the same places that we come from to celebrate what they bring to the table, whether it's in culture, in diversity, in skills, in gifts. Romans chapter 10 verse 12 then says, for there is no difference between Jew or Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. The God who created us all blesses and shows us grace equally. And likewise, we are to view each other in the same way that God does. So my brothers and sisters, we are being asked to follow in the footsteps of Christ, who in John chapter 15, verse 12 says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. When we love each other, we will celebrate one another and we will acknowledge and celebrate the gifts and the contribution that we have brought together as we unite as the body of Christ, as we unite as a church, as we unite throughout the world. And finally, we find ourselves being challenged to accept things and receive things with love, especially when we are the ones who are being questioned 
often it is so easy to be angered, to not take advice well when we are being criticized. But when we look at things from a lens of love, it allows us to stop. It allows us to listen. It allows us to open channels of communications, a space and a place when we can talk. And by doing this, we are fulfilling the greatest commandments of not just loving God, but also loving our neighbor. It says in verse 36, one of them, an expert of the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. When we do these commandments well, everything else will flow from them well. I love that as we come to the end of that reading, Jesus himself turns around to ask them a question. My brothers and sisters, I encourage us all to also have that same confidence as Jesus, to also ask the questions, to also challenge. And I encourage us all that when we do that, let's do that with love. Jesus is not enraged by them. Jesus does not show anger at them, but he does challenge them. I pray for a day where there will be no tick boxes, a world where celebrating each other comes naturally, a world where there is nothing that separates us, a world where there is an abundance of love so much that it unites and binds us together. A world where we will not need a month to celebrate, but rather it is our daily living of celebrating each other. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to the St. Nick's Durham podcast. If you'd like to hear more sermons and teaching like this, then subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about St. Nick's, visit our website at stnicks.org.uk.